And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, great show today. I was joined by my good friend Aaron Bandler. It's always a great time talking to Aaron. We talked about, uh, well, we basically went down the list of lies uh, and more lies and, and even more lies on top of that from the, from the corporate press and from the Democrats in the last week um, regarding Michael Flynn, regarding uh, the coronavirus. Uh, lots of lies to go around on today's episode. <laughs> Unfortunately, before I get to Aaron, uh, I need to say hi to our sponsors over at the Aetherverse. Uh, the Aetherverse is a brand new sci-fi novel by authors Joey DeUrso and Eugene Bryan. Look, guys, I know you've been uh, binge watching Netflix for the last couple months. Uh, nothing wrong with that, but look, I, I think it's time to take a break and read a damn book. Okay, I, I think it's time to read a book. Doesn't that sound better than? Uh, you know, watching The Office for the 47th time in a row. Uh, more specifically, it's definitely time to read a libertarian-leaning sci-fi epic. Sounds pretty good to me. Um, look, I know you're stuck in quarantine. Uh, you're concerned about economic collapse and uh, government tyranny, and this story is more relevant than ever. I assume it's probably even more relevant than the authors thought it w- thought it would be when they wrote it. Uh, it makes politics and social satire exciting and fun, mixing ide- ideological debates with you know stuff like space battles and action and violence and all that good stuff. It has something for everyone: uh, political intrigue, war stories, romance, humor. It appe- it appeals to libertarians and conservatives alike, or just about anybody who's a free thinker and against big government. Uh, best at all, best. Of all, this novel is fiercely anti-social justice warrior and pulls no punches. Uh, sure to offend your neighborhood leftist, uh, the Aetherverse, where outer space is not a safe space. Uh, you can get it right now on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. I will send a, a in the show notes. I'll have a link to the Amazon uh, link where you can order the book right now. Also, learn more at theaetherverse.com. Uh, guys, look. Uh, another side note on the Aetherverse. You know, we conservatives and libertarians, we complain a lot. Uh, about how we're losing the culture war, right? Look, if if you don't complain about how every new novel coming out is left-leaning if you're not willing to support a libertarian-leaning novel, okay? Like, we need to support libertarian and conservative art, not just complain about left-wing art. So uh, uh, order the Aetherverse right now on Amazon. You will not regret it. Uh, guys, also, please follow us on Twitter at no gimmicks plot. No gimmicks pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. All right, without further ado, here's my chat with Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we're here with my friend Aaron Bandler. Aaron, my brother, how you doing? Good, Brady. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So we have a lot to talk about, as always, today. But first, um, I just have to read, uh, just for the audience back home, if, if they missed it yesterday, the worst headline uh, in the history of, of the mainstream media, in the history of the corporate press. And that's saying a lot. Uh, but this is a headline from the Washington Post yesterday morning. Quote, are you ready for this, people? Quote, this pandemic has reminded us we don't need more sports in our lives. We need less. Unquote. 
Yikes, Washington Post. I, I don't think I've ever read something in my life more out of touch with the American public. Yeah, I agree. And what's, what makes it even more hilarious is that is that the, the writer is a sports writer. <laughs> so he, he's, he's basically arguing <laughs> for less of his own livelihood, basically. It's yes. just insane. If you actually read it, it, it just gets dumber with each progressing word. I didn't have it in me, Aaron. I didn't. I I did not have it in me to click on that link. I, I, so you I, can, I you can. You. I don't blame you. But basically, all it was was like, well, you know, we just one of the things I learned with this pandemic is that you know we need to spend more time together as a family. We what about binge reading? And that sounds like okay, you know, you know what creates good family bonding time? Watching sports because that's literally yes. what I do with my family all the time when way quarantine isn't happening and you know binge reading isn't a bad thing but you know you can get you can still binge read when sports are going on there's this thing called carpent carbon parts to mentalizing that that yeah, you can do people who can't and should make time for reading and it's a family time but sports is the perfect release because it's such a well, it's it's a welcome distraction of the stresses of the of the modern world. Even Dr. Fauci was saying that we need baseball to happen because it's it would be such a psychological boost. So yeah, I mean, just absolute garbage column uh, in a garbage newspaper, Washington Compost. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. My goodness. Uh, I mean, look. How out of touch do you have to be? I mean, 20 million people are tuning in every Sunday to watch a documentary about a basketball game in 1998. So I'm pretty sure the American people uh, do not agree that we need less sports in our lives. Yeah. I mean, there was a great UFC event on Saturday night. I watched every single fight, even the prelims with the guys I've never heard of. It was a great event. Donald Trump called in and gave a message. You know, the president of the UFC is a buddy of his, so that was... That was hilarious. But uh, all the journalists that cover MMA were, like, trying all week to get the card canceled. It's insane. And they were extremely careful. They're extremely careful. They locked down the hotel, the arena, everything. All the testers, all the fighters were tested every day. Uh, One guy actually tested positive, Jacare Souza, and he was quarantined, and the fight was canceled. And they, I mean, they were extremely careful. But all these journalists... That, that cover mixed martial arts, they were trying to, like, bait the UFC into canceling. It's it's hilarious. It's just like the, a, a sports writer for the, the Washington Post <laughs> writing a column about how sports are bad. Yeah. It's like, guys, it's your job to cover mixed martial arts. Instead of just talking about how awesome these fights are, you're, like, trying to get them canceled. Like, why? Like, yeah. I don't care if you're a sports journalist. Like, if you're a journalist, you are just severely out of touch with the rest of the American public. It's just, ah, it's such a shame. Oh, aren't you for- Percent. If you watch CNN, it's it's pretty clear that they want lockdown to go on forever. And if you if you if you disagree with them, then you're a fear monger who wants to kill grandma. And the thing to keep in mind is that all along people don't realize that, that sports journalists are actually worse than regular journalists because sports journalists really do they are just as hard left, if not more so than, than the average mainstream media journalist. The difference is is that they don't have the same attention. So they're constantly right. seeking attention from the mainstream media and making these far making these far arguments 
as if they're activists. So that's whatever Colin Kaepernick become, becomes a topic of conversation. That's when they, that's when they always puff up, up their chest and be like, oh, well, Kaepernick deserves a job. He's been blackballed <laughs> because he took a courageous stand. Look yeah, at, it's look like they at, all... They all wish they were like normal journalists instead of sports journalists, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like they, they don't get the shine that they're, you know, fellow classmates at Syracuse or whatever. What is in Syracuse where all the journos go? And you know, one of one of those journalism schools. They don't get the same shine as the normal journos, so they I mean, they're like the dentist that insists everybody call them doctor wherever they go, even when they're not at work. Exactly. It's like, yeah, I get that you have a doctorate and stuff, but like you're not you're not performing brain surgery now. Like, hey, reel it in a little bit. Like, you're just a dentist. You know, do I have to call your doctor when we're you know playing golf? Like, it's kind of weird, but you know, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like a you know a journalism version of like Napoleon syndrome or something. It's, it's exactly yeah. Napoleonic complex for journalists, one hundred percent. So look, uh, moving on to the real news of the week. Uh, look, I, I despise progressivism, leftist ideologies, the corporate press. I despise all of it. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little jealous of leftists. Because being a leftist means you never have to apologize for anything ever, no matter how egregious the offense, and your transgressions are just magically swept under the rug by the press. It must be nice. So today, I kind of want to go down a, a brief list, and we obviously, obviously, since it's not a 12-hour-long podcast, we won't be able to get to all of it, but I want to go down a, a brief list of some of the lies by the left and the press in the last week that require apologies, you know, resignations, maybe even incarcerations in, in some <laughs> cases. So let's start with the exoneration of, of uh, General Michael Flynn, uh, Aaron uh a lot of corruption being exposed on the highest levels of government. Uh, take it away. Yeah. So basically what happened is that Mike Flynn pled guilty to lying to the FBI. And, and, the, and this week, the charges got dropped from the DOJ. And then it was hilarious to watch the media freak out. Be like, well, how dare Bill Barr? This is a travesty of justice. It's it's really funny how when it comes to Republicans, they care about the rule of law. But, but when it comes to Obama, uh, just deciding which which parts of the Constitution not to follow, or or his DOJ like hand arming Mexican drug cartels with guns, it's kind of like, eh, you know, Obama's doing what he has to because of those evil Republicans. But but that aside, it was the right call to let to, to drop the charges against Flynn because it was clear he was railroader from the get go. Because the whole impetus of them investigating, quote-unquote, Flynn was the Logan Act. The Logan Act is a centuries-old law that has never been pro- – that basically states that you can't, you can't use your own foreign policy if you're not involved with the United States government. And right. it's, it's a clearly unconstitutional law. It is never – it has – no one has ever been prosecuted under it ever. The last time it was seriously considered was 1852. Right. Uh, but but – but even still, what what happened with Flynn was he was the incoming national security advisor. He's having a conversation with Sergei Kislyak, who was the Russian foreign minister, I, I believe, at the time. And it would have been irresponsible was, was, if he wasn't if he didn't have that conversation. Yeah, it would have been irresponsible. Right. right. And people act like Mike Flynn was nefarious or scheming with Kislyak, like oh they're trying to undermine Obama's sanctions. No, what happened was that the Obama administration implemented sanctions against Russia. They did talk about the sanctions, but all Flynn said was, "Hey, you know, don't don't overreact. 
you can retaliate if you want to, but keep it to minimum. We'll talk about it when Trump becomes president. That's pretty routine and is a pretty rational response to have a situation. And it would have been one thing if they'd actually negotiated sanctions, but they didn't. It was just don't overreact. And somehow that became the impetus for the Logan Act violation. And it was clear, it's pretty clear when you read um, the FBI notes and Comey's statements that they wanted to get Flynn. Comey thought a minute, he's like, hey, you know, if in a, a more organized administration, I would have gotten away with this. Because he thought just like, hey, to, hey, agents, go talk to Flynn. And, and, and they pretended to be nice to him and were like, oh, you're not under investigation. We just want to talk to you. You ever hear that? Just like stop talking, get a lawyer, because you know that oh, yeah. it get you. And basically, the quote unquote lie was that Flynn lied about sanctions. And what's interesting is that the FBI originally didn't didn't uh, uh, didn't recommend charges against him because because there was nothing in his demeanor that suggested he was lying, which means that. When they when they interviewed him, it was four weeks after the conversation happened. I'm sure as national security advisor, he's had several conversations, multiple multiple conversations over that over that four week span. So it's so it's pretty easy to misremember a conversation from four weeks ago, not remember every little detail. So clearly, th- this was a perjury trap. And but initially, the FBI did it, it didn't go out, it didn't want to charge him. But then Mueller comes in. And they see Flynn as an opportunity to, to try and take down Trump. So, so they try to use that, the, the perjury trap, as reason to, as leverage over Flynn. And, and they ultimately told him that if, they, if he didn't plead guilty, they, they would prosecute his son over some very thin, I, I, I think it may have been like the Pharaoh, which, like the, uh, the foreign, um, which, which like you have to register being a foreign agent or something. Right. Again, I, 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 I don't remember for sure, but, but it, it basically, like, Flynn's son runs sort of like private security company. And again, it was very flimsy charges. But Flynn, who at this point is going broke because he's trying to defend himself with le- uh, legally from, from the Mueller team, and now his son's being found in prosecution, he doesn't much of a choice but to plead guilty. So that's why the, the guilty, uh, and so that's why he, that's why he pled guilty. And, People are like, well, if he pled guilty, how how can we take it back? Well, clearly he was railroaded into pleading guilty, and now and now that we have Department of Justice that's actually headed by someone who cares about the rule of law, um, and now Flynn has a much better attorney in Sidney Powell, who's a real hero for doing this. Um, that's why that's why the charges were dropped, and I think it, I, I think justice won the day in the end here. Yeah, definitely. And for all the Democrats and lefties listening to the show, I know there are a, at least a handful of you <laughs> that have stuck yeah. with me over the years. But I mean, look, uh, who uh, kind of the Democratic talking point is, well, Flynn pled guilty. Well, look, guys, I mean, the Central Park Five pled guilty as well. There's a lot of reasons that people plead guilty, and it's not always because they're guilty. So, if, I mean, I could bring up a, a million examples that would appeal to the left as well. Uh, and we all know this. Don't pretend to to you know, have a brain aneurysm right now and forget how the legal system works. But um, obviously the corruption goes all the way to the top. That's including President Obama and and Vice President Biden, who's, you know, 
I don't know if you've noticed, but he's uh, the Democratic nominee for president of the United States this time around. Um, yeah. th- that's why President Trump is, is tweeting about this and calling it Obamagate. Uh, he actually tweeted about 10 minutes ago, quote, Obamagate makes Watergate look small time, which I'm just glad as, as a member of the music industry that the president of the United States is using uh, the music biz insult small time. Uh, you know, if, if you're a musician, you know that the worst thing you can be called is small time. That's like calling like another band small time is like walking up to a guy in the bar and calling him a bitch. You know, it's like the worst thing you can be called. So, and I've been trying to bring that insult into like the mainstream, you know, it's basically Amazing. just like a touring band thing. So, you know, Trump out here doing the Lord's work, bringing small time to the forefront. I appreciate that. But yeah, oh, yeah. The, the corruption definitely does reach all the way to the top. And, um, I, obviously, I think we all kind of assumed this. President Obama was a notorious micromanager. Um, so I, it's hard to believe that just about anything that happened in that White House for eight years he didn't know about. But, uh, you know, he wasn't really great at delegating. So I yeah. guess we kind of assume this, but it, it's kind of laid bare at this point that the corruption did reach the very top levels of the U.S. government. Yeah, and uh, as I said, we, we did, I think we did all know this. And the key to all this, if you read there's an article in The Federalist about this, Andy McCarthy, who's an excellent writer of National Review, has talked about this too. But the key to all this is the January 5th meeting between Obama, Susan Rice, uh, I believe Comey was in that meeting too, and Sally Yates, the deputy, the deputy attorney general, where where basically Obama was briefed about Flynn, and he told everyone to do it by to do it by the book, so to speak. Um, right. And it was amazing if you read it how how stunned Sally Yates was about the whole Flynn thing because she was totally out of the loop about it. The FBI had basically ran circles around the, the Department of Justice, um, and and they briefed Obama on it. They Obama knew what was going on. So it's amazing when you look back on that Trump tweet from a few years ago, where he's like, wow, Obama spied on me. How could he? And the media just lambasted him. They lambasted Breitbart, who wrote the article um, that Trump cited, and it lambasted Mark Levin, uh, who first raised the alarm about this. Uh, and look, when Trump wrote the tweet, he, he, he gave the impression that Obama actually personally went, like— w- Put on a jetpack and start like spying him with with binoculars out, out, outside a window. It just isn't exactly what happened, of course, but it. But he was, but not too far removed from the truth, I would say, because it's clear that Obama knew about the spying and encouraged it because they wanted to undermine a duly elected president and pull off a silent coup, as Mark Levin would say. It, it's it really is the biggest scandal in, in American history, and heads seem to roll. I just don't understand, like, look, to, to use my favorite insult on us uh, specifically, I mean, like, you and I, in the grand scheme of things, in the political discourse, are pretty damn small time at this point still. You know, like, you're, you're an up-and-coming writer, you know, you, you have a, a growing audience. My audience on this show is growing, you know, slowly but surely. Yeah. But we're, we're still, you know, we're small fish in a big pond still. Yeah. And when you and I fuck something up, I, I mean, you have to issue a retraction and an apology. I mean, I'm sure yeah. you do that. If you if you mess something up in one of your columns, you, you know, the next time you publish something, you lead it off with a an apology and fixing your mistakes. And if I mess something up on this show, this is an opinion show. I'm not a journalist. I have no journalistic integrity. <laughs> I, I say whatever I want. I say whatever I want. 
Okay, like I'm the executive producer of the show. I can literally do whatever I want. I don't have a boss. But if I mess something up, even if I just slightly misquote something, I, I will start off the next show explaining what I did wrong and apologizing for it. So imagine being a member of the corporate press, and it's now just been proven and laid bare before you that everything you've said for four years has been wrong. <laughs> like Everything, everything you've written, everything you've gone on TV and talked about for four years has been 180 degrees, the exact opposite of the truth, and just moving on. And just not addressing it. Yeah, it's like, oh, it never yeah, happened. It, it, it's, it's how? How do you get away with that? And it's it's not just, and look, I've been crapping on David French a lot, and he's a guy that I actually like on a lot of issues. But David French, it's so, but it's not just the left. It's like the never Trump right as well, right? I, I, yeah, I went through oh. David French's Twitter account. I went through David French's Twitter account for the last couple days right before we started recording. He has been beating the drum of Michael Flynn needs to go to jail for years and how he's guilty, he'll never be exonerated, he's the bad guy, blah, 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 blah. Nothing. Not a single tweet. It's like, dude, David, you've been pre- you've been preaching this for four years. You've been doing the, uh, the Russian collusion stuff, the, the you know, the, the Mueller's a great guy thing and, and Michael Flynn's evil thing. You've been just parroting this leftist New York Times nonsense for four years. You can't issue a tweet. Like, you can't tweet a one sentence like, hey, my bad, guys. I, I, I messed that one up. Sorry, I'll do better. That's it. Like, you don't even need to be, like, sincere. Just be like, yeah, hey, man, hey, we all mess up, right? Sorry. Like, that, you can't even, like, make a joke at your own expense. Like, you can't say anything. Just don't address it. Just move on. Come on. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, can we be yeah. li- Can we be an adult? Like, yeah. can, we, can we behave like adults? Like, it's, it's just ridiculous, man. Yeah. There's, like, a little bit of humility here. Like, come on, guys. It's just, right. a, it's just a disgrace, man. Yeah, it's ama- it's amazing for David French, too, because he's always preaching about morality. And being like, well, it, it, it's so disturbing how much Trump lies and says, Mr. and so forth. Well, David, like, you you just got serious egg on your face here. And I actually, I actually, I do recall him tweeting, right, right when the Flynn decision happened. He was like, yeah, well, Flynn's not a good guy because he has ties to Russia today and Turkey. It's like, okay, we could, okay, okay, that's... I have to concern about Flynn, but that's not what I mean, I agree about. with that. Like, I don't think, like, Trump, and just, just for the record, like, I think Trump has tweeted about, like, uh, or at least they've talked about internally. I don't know if they it's been public yet, but they, they've been talking about bringing Flynn back into the administration. It's like, all right, look, let's not go too far. Like, tr- Flynn does have some yeah. troubling ties with Turkey. Like, he's probably not a good guy, but, like, who cares? That has nothing to do. I mean, if you've been writing pieces about he he deserves to rot in prison forever for four years, turns out he didn't actually do anything wrong. That seems noteworthy to me. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, ex- exactly. And the fact that he just shifted goalposts just goes to show how David French, you know, the supposed halcyon of morality and consistency, is no better than the rest of these corrupt journals. And which is really sad because David French, it, it, he is a smart guy and he is spot on a lot, a lot of issues, not all, uh, but the, on a lot. So it, it is amazing how TDS has has really exposed him for who he really is. It's it's sad. It is. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, so NBC News went right ahead. <laughs> yeah. They went right out uh, instead of admitting that they were wrong. 
they go right out and deceptively edit a video of Attorney General Bill Barr to make it sound like he didn't approve of Flynn's exoneration, which of course he did. Millions and millions of views, followed by a little pathetic pseudo-correction replying to someone on Twitter where they said that, oh, you know, yeah, we accidentally uh, deceptively edited the video. It was unintentional. Now, look, as somebody who edits a podcast every Monday and Wednesday, I've never, like, you know, tripped and fell on my laptop <laughs> and deceptively, <laughs> accidentally deceptively edited. Like, dude, just to, like, I'm just going to deceptively edit something you say today and just make you sound like a monster. And when you get mad at me, I'll just be like, I, I don't know, dude. My cat walked on the laptop and it just came out, you, like, praising Adolf Hitler or something. Like, oops, it's all my time. bad. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. I'm not buying that for a second. Like, it's just. Just a sincere, just some kind of semi-sincere apology once from any of these people. Like, is that too much to ask for? My goodness. Apparently. Oh, my gosh. Apparently. It's just, so what, what, what Bill Barr had said was uh, basically what happened was Catherine Heritage, reporter at CBS. She's, she used to be at Fox. She, she, she's a, she's, a, she's right. one of the good ones. She yeah, very Bill good. Barr, she has Bill Barr. Look, people say it's political. The history books are, are, are written. Do you think is this? I think he's just going to look at this fairly. And Bill Barr said, like, well, you know, history is written by whoever wins. You know, it, it's a, that's that's how history is viewed. But if people were, were to look at look at this objectively, they would say that that this was a fair decision that upholds the rule of law. Now the problem is is, is that is, is that um, NBC's NBC meet the press. They edited out the second half of the answer. So the first half, it sounds like Bill Barr is just saying, it's just saying like, oh, well, we won, so deal with it. And so Chuck Todd, who really is a really annoying hack, I mean, Brian Seltzer's whiny, uh, which is why he's probably the most irritating of the Sunday hosts, but Chuck Todd's just like arrogant and it's just, and it's just really stupid. But um, anyway, Chuck Todd. Yeah, but people actually, like, the the difference between those two is like nobody watches Brian Seltzer, but like. Chuck Todd's an actual, for some reason, like a respected host. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I have to imagine like 20 times more people watch Chuck Todd than than Mr. Piggy. Exactly. And so as Chuck Todd runs with, the, with, the, with this deceptively, deceptively edited clip, and he's like, I can't believe Bill Barr admitted to this. How dare he? Um, oh, but the, the people, like those, those on the right, pointed out on Twitter Going out the full clip on Twitter and like, what the hell, NBC? We the press is like, yeah, oops, our, our bad guys. It was a mistake. Which, yeah, putting aside the fact that I don't know how I don't know how it's a mistake to 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 cut out the whole second part of an answer that undermines that, that undermines the that, that provides the full context of the first part of the answer. Um, setting aside that, it was it was a tweet that was in the reply to some to, to, to one of the conservative <laughs> journalists that was it there was no there was no big apology from from chuck todd n- nothing from nbc in in act in a in an actual tweet that was that wasn't a reply acknowledging the error um it just it's just a reply in a tweet that's good that, that, that not, many, not many people are going to see a correction in a reply to a tweet so it's clear that that they're not serious about this I mean, just imagine, just just rewind five years. Imagine, you know, you know, Bill O'Reilly, you know, deceptively editing yeah. a video, an interview with Loretta Lynch. You know what I mean? And then not apologizing for it. I mean, my goodness. 
Oh, yeah, he, he would have been hammered up and of down. Course. The Michael Malice, the libertarian author and podcaster, he, he calls the press uh, jihadis without the testosterone, and, and that I've, I've <laughs> always loved that term. <laughs> it's totally true, man. Like, it's, the press yeah. wants us all dead, but they just don't have the balls or the firepower to do anything about it, so they have to pull nonsense like this <laughs> instead. Oh, my gosh. All right, so let's talk about uh, some of the lies regarding the uh, the Chinese coronavirus pandemic as well. I mean, you know, Georgia, uh, under Republican Governor Brian Kemp, started reopening their economy two weeks ago. And two weeks later, after the left saying, oh, he's going to kill every last man, woman, and child in Georgia, <laughs> uh, yeah. they're now seeing the lowest rates of infection in months. They're seeing the yeah. lowest rate of infections in that. two months after two weeks of, a, of an opened economy. Uh, I mean, Brian Kemp was supposed to be the Hitler, Stalin, evil, 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 very mean, bad Republican who wants to kill you and your family. Uh, any chance the press apologizes to Brian Kemp? Oh, zero chance. Zero chance. And zero chance they apologize to Ron DeSantis, who was hammered early on because he didn't issue a shelter-in-place order until, like, April 3rd. But it turns out that Florida, on a per capita basis, has 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 lower positive has lower positive cases, lower deaths, um, than California does, or, or it's, it's right on par with, with California per capita, and so is Texas too. So it's almost as if, hey, these lockdowns maybe they didn't have the impact we thought they did, because maybe just maybe people can police themselves. What a concept! Yes. But no, the, I mean the, Florida locked down forever. The, the better comparison uh, than Florida to California would be Florida to New York. Because they have similar well, yeah. populations. In fact, Florida has two million more citizens than New York, um, and you know New York has a, 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 a heavy elderly population. You know where else does? Florida, <laughs> okay, yeah. like all of South Florida, right? And uh, Florida has two million more citizens than New York, and one sixteenth, one sixteenth, the coronavirus deaths. Yet Ron DeSantis is very evil and wants to kill Grandma. I mean, yeah, dude, it, the, you know, they, they hosted a UFC event in Florida on Saturday. My former co-host, Josiah, he took his family to the Jacksonville Zoo yesterday. <laughs> okay. I mean, they're living their best life in Florida right now. They never truly shut down the whole economy. Even what, during their lockdown, they kind of, uh, you know, they named a lot of the economy as essential, as opposed to most other states. Um, so, you know, like Ohio, they, they deemed just about everybody non-essential. In Florida, they really didn't do that. And... Similar population, tons of old people, tons of nursing homes, one-sixteenth the deaths of New York. Yet Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis is evil, and Andrew Cuomo somehow is the hero of the Democratic Party. You know, his, he literally, like, I hate it. I absolutely hate it when people uh, claim that politicians have blood on their hands. And, you know, outside of, like, mistakes in war and stuff like that, it's it's very rarely true. But it's for me, it's hard to say Andrew Cuomo does not have blood on his hands. He ordered that nursing homes take in people that have tested positive for coronavirus. I mean, yeah, it, how it, how like if that if that isn't a case of a governor directly killing old people, then I don't know what is. Like that that is exactly. a, just a cataclysmic failure that resulted in thousands of deaths. Yet Ron DeSantis in a state that's just doing great is the bad guy and Andrew Cuomo is the hero. I mean, my goodness, what a joke. Right. And it's so depressing look at the approval ratings because Ron DeSantis' his approval ratings are now like in the, in the low 50s, um, whereas Andrew Cuomo is like 
and, and it's, just, it's, it's just amazing how, how media can really influence people in, into um, into narratives that, that 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 don't hold up to reality. And yeah, of course, yesterday Cuomo was like, "Oh yeah, we're in that policy of nurse of of uh, forced nursing homes to take coronavirus patients." My bad, guys. And it's like, well, thanks, Governor. Like that was only six weeks too late. Uh, m- meanwhile, and it's worth noting that they forced the nursing homes to take these patients. Yet the subway, New York City subway, was it had still been allowed to run, and they cleaned it for the first time over a hundred years last week. It's like, wow, no last wonder week. New York City's been hit hard. May. Yeah, by <laughs> coronavirus. And look, there are certain differences between New York and Florida that makes New York more vulnerable to coronavirus. New York City, everyone lives on top of each other. It's it's a very dense, crowded area. Um, it's also colder in New York. Uh, in Florida, obviously, it's a lot hotter and more humid. The virus seems to, it seems like the virus to kill his heel is the heat and humidity. Uh, uh, but but still, I mean. Still, it's it's good to handle this better than Cuomo, and yet Cuomo gets the far better press. It, it, it's really astounding, uh, and you'll never hear the media admit that they were wrong on how they covered DeSantis and Cuomo. They won't admit that they were wrong on lockdowns, which clearly have had no have really have had no effect on declining cases and deaths. Um, you, but, but like as we talked about, they, they will not apologize. They will not retract because they're never held accountable. So never mind. They, they, never mind. They can just kind of like never happened, or just continue to double down on the false narratives because they're not held to account. Pathetic, evil, and pathetic. Yeah. One more thing before I let you go, man. Uh, I, I've mentioned a lot on this show that I really do not. I'm not a big fan of your home state of California. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, California Democrats are at it again, and Elon Musk, the the CEO and founder of Tesla, uh, he is he's he's pretty pissed. At uh, California Democrats, um, he's pissed at how his company has been treated by the state, and he's saying he's moving Tesla out of out of California, and he'll be moving it to Texas or Nevada uh, as soon as this is all over. I mean, Tesla employs thirty seven thousand Californians, so <laughs> great job, Democrats! You're driving the last automaker out of your state and destroying thirty seven thousand families in the process. Well done, everybody involved. Yeah, seriously, California had losing jobs to states like Texas and Nevada in Ohio and so forth for years now because this this state just hates business because all they do is it's tax tax you know regulate regulate, regulate them out of existence and then piss away all that money on on pensions and so forth and so Tesla is the last automaker in California so and Elon Musk is like hey hey guys you know I've put up, I've put up with with your BS for a while now but this these lot but basically what caused this is that is that the state are, was trying to argue that Elon Musk's business isn't considered essential, so it can't open up yet. And he's like, what the hell, guys? So, and that's causing him to say, hey, you know, I'm going to leave if, if you guys don't cut this out. And look, I mean, if you've ever seen Elon Musk's tweets, like, he's kind of a weird dude. Uh, I, I I still can't pronounce his newborn baby's first name, and I feel bad. That's got to be, that's gotta be a troll job, right? It, it has <laughs> to be. I, I, be. I mean, that guy's going to be made fun of so much as it gets into like kindergarten elementary school middle school i feel bad for him but that aside i i think elon has as a valid case here and look like libs should be should be, should be mad about about this because a lot of libs drive teslas teslas are fancy cars and it makes libs feel good about themselves they're like oh look grow up in the environment because electric cars whatever um 
but of course, like they, but of course they don't care. They're just all like they just want they just want bigger government. So, um, yeah. And I, I, I hope that if Elon Musk leaves, that it teaches Newsom and the Democrats in in, in uh, my state here a lesson about how their policies kill jobs. Uh, but more than likely, they'll just demonize Elon and then double down on lockdown and more regulatory policies and so forth. And yeah, uh, but hey, my state's pretty screwed. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know how much longer those of us who are right center can really <laughs> reside here, to be honest. Um, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. That's just a good way to sum up just the yeah. state of California politics. <laughs> yeah. It's, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's just it's funny, man. And then this uh, I forget the woman's name, but the the uh, an assembly woman from San Diego. Yeah, Lorena just what? takes to Twitter and tells Elon Musk to go fuck himself. And and Elon Musk just replied to her and said, "Message received." Yeah. Hey, if this is how you this is how you're gonna treat me and my business. You know, good luck. You're gonna lose a lot of tax revenue, man. Thirty-seven thousand yeah, good-paying jobs. That's that's not nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely not nothing. And. It, if I'm mistaken, that's the same politician who was behind who was behind AB5, um, which was yes. just a law that basically cut down, for, basically limited the amount of work freelance freelancers can do, which you know, impacts my industry because there's a lot of journalists make a living on, right. on freelance writing. Yes. Um, and obviously affects Uber and Lyft. It's uh, that law has ruined a lot of livelihood, especially now given the given the lockdown. And it's just anti. It's like anti-human. It's like an anti-human law. It really is, yeah. Like a vindictive, just, yeah. It's flat out tyranny and and pay off to unions. And what's amazing is that, uh, well, not amazing, but it's uh, amazing in crisis, whatever. Uh, Somebody actually wrote to this politician, Lorena Westerface, on Twitter, and was like, how could you, my life has been ruined by AB5, how could you do this to me? And then Lorena was like, well, find a profession. basically, Basically, her response was tough shit. Like, seriously out of touch, seriously out of touch to look down upon someone whose livelihood was ruined by a law you promulgated, and, and you say tough shit. Like, that's, it's the height of, of, of tone deafness. But that's, that's Democrats, that's California, baby. Progressives never seem to learn their lesson either, so I, uh, I would not hold my breath for anything to change in the formerly exactly. great state of California. All right, Aaron, thanks so yeah. much for doing this, man. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Where can everybody read your stuff and follow you online, keep in touch, and all that good yeah, stuff? Yeah, so uh, I, I'm a writer for, for Jewish Journal. You can find me at jewishjournal.com, mainly writing about anti-Semitism and Israel stuff. Um, although, given the state of things, I'm also writing a lot about coronavirus and the latest updates in California, Los Angeles. Israel, there's a lot of good Israeli innovations on the, on the, the vaccine front and therapeutics front. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. You can also follow me on Twitter at Banner's Banter. Um, yeah, like, like, give, give me a follow. Read my stuff. Definitely. Everybody follow Aaron. He's great. Uh, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Yeah. <laughs>